Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Genesis 27, I just give honor to Pastor Cox and his family. I always consider it an honor to come home and and preach. I love the word of the Lord, and uh, I feel God laying this on my heart today. And uh, and maybe this will be one of those those surgery moments where God just kind of touches our hearts a little bit today. I'm I'm praying God will bless us tonight. To start off, we're just going to read one verse. Verse 41, so we're in Genesis 27, 41. It says, and Esau hated Jacob. Anybody remember Esau? Anybody remember Jacob? Now, I only have sisters, but uh, there's some sibling hatred here. I don't hate my sisters, for the record. But, uh, and Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed Jacob. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand, meaning they think he will die soon. But then look at this last part of the verse, Brother George. It says, then will I slay my brother Jacob. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to save my title for a little bit. I came across this story about a year ago, and I just found it chilling. So I thought I would share it with you. In, uh, so 1997, uh, not too long ago, or at least I th- like to think it was not that long ago, 1997 in December, we meet a man in Russia, way over in far east Russia, just south of China, Brother Crane, and his name, uh, which I think is appropriate, is Vladimir Markov. And Vladimir Markov was walking back. He lived in this very secluded cabin way out in the woods. And he was walking, it's negative 30 out, and uh, as Minnesotans, I think we can all kind of relate to that. That's kind of cold. And Vladimir Markov is walking on this pathway to his home that he's probably walked a hundred times before with his dog, and as you can imagine, maybe, just maybe, he's thinking about the warmth of the fireplace, maybe the coffee he's going to drink, or the the nice warm meal maybe that he could make for himself. But as he's getting just a few dozen feet away from his cabin, his dog, which was a hunting dog, stopped as though it had hit a wall. Now, I'm not a hunter. I know Brother Cox is a hunter, and when that dog senses something, Mr. Markov knew that someone, or rather something maybe, was at the cabin. So just a couple days later, we, we meet the man of who, we actually, uh, who actually told this story, where this story comes from. His, uh, his name was a man named Yuri. And Yuri was in charge of a, a department of the Russian government that investigated forest crimes. And he was called to say, you need to come over to this particular area because there's been an incident. 
So it took him a couple days to get over there, but he and his team, they got to the, the, close to their destination. Then they had to take this, uh, this big truck out to this very remote area. It's just kind of woods all the way around with the cabin and a little bit of a clearing. But Yuri says that as we were getting close to the hut, we knew that something had died or was dying because of all of the birds in the air and the behavior uh, of what they were doing. So they actually get to the cabin, and all of, because it's December in Russia, it, all of the, the snow was pink. And I, and I have a sister here. I know there are children in the room. I'll try to keep this as G as I can. But uh, they, they got there, and, and they looked, they, they found the cabin, and there were just, they could see Brother Zalki, something had gone around that cabin many, many times. Everything was uh, like, like footprints all over. They go inside the cabin, and it is completely trashed. The bed is just torn to shreds. Things like an axe handle just gnawed to bits. And, and they're, they're obviously uh, looking for something. And they go out, and they go into that kind of open area behind the cabin, and they find, well, kind of found Vladimir Markov, at least what was left of him. And several hunting dogs were, were, were dead all in that area, but there was one that was still alive, and it was barking very vigorously at the woods. And so as they are walking towards the woods, they got their first glimpse of a massive Siberian tiger. And as the story goes, as it comes out over the next couple days and even weeks, the story unfolds to be this. The forest crimes in particular that Mr. Yuri was in charge of was poaching. And Vladimir Markov, the first man, he at times resorted to the illegal activity, Brother Tyler, of poaching. Because tigers actually, their, their, their pelt fetches a rather high price. But in this instance, he crossed the wrong tiger. Because what it looked like had happened is Mr. Markov, at some point, when, when times were bad, when money was bad, he, he, he went out and he saw this massive tiger eating uh, something it had killed, and Markov shot at it, but he didn't kill it. He injured it. But then he went, <clears throat> Markov, and he took, took a little bit of the food. He cut off some of the food that had not been spoiled and, and took it back home. Well, he did not know, at least this is what the investigation thinks happened, he did not know that that tiger followed him and tracked him to the cabin. Well, over time, uh, well, I shouldn't say over time, over the next couple days, this tiger figured out that it can't hunt very well with an injured paw because the, the shot had injured his paw so much that it, he was not able to run very well. So it looks like a lot of the prey, and this is a true story, you can look this up, but the, it looks like the prey kept getting away, and so the tiger thought, well, I'm going to go back to the one that put me in this predicament. And one day while Vladimir Markov was gone, that tiger went back to the same cabin, marked its territory by marching or, or going around the cabin several times. That's where all the tracks were from. He went inside the cabin, and anything that had the scent of Vladimir, he tore up. So the bed, sleeping in, just wrecked the bed, gnawed the axe handle to bits, because that's what he, uh, Vladimir would have been holding. And then it looks like the tiger sat outside the front door and waited for Vladimir to come home. And that's we, we know what happened next. <clears throat> well, long story short, Yuri found out this tiger had also been attacking other people. 
and I think it killed one other person, and then they started setting traps, and they finally ended up killing it over uh, a very intense uh, showdown, I guess. Actually, Yuri almost got killed himself in this scenario. But they, they found that, so this tiger was five, 600 pounds, 13, 14 feet long, just a massive male Siberian tiger. And they found in the pelt multiple gunshot wounds. I mean, this thing was a brute. And they found the same cartridge shells that was in Vladimir Markov's like pack was in that tiger. So they know it was the same one. The paw marks on inside the cabin, well, it was the same, it was, there's blood marks on the, one of the paws and that was the same paw they found that was, uh, the tiger had been injured with. And so I just found this story, as you can maybe tell with me, very chilling. But here's the crazy thing about revenge. It's so easy that even an animal can do it. It's, so e it's such an animal instinct that even the intelligence of an animal like a tiger could, could find the man that put him in that scenario and end his life. Revenge can be a dangerous thing. But forgiveness... Forgiveness. Forgiveness is not so easy to give, and it's sometimes not too easy to receive. But I want to talk today about the gift of forgiveness. It's a gift that is oftentimes not deserved. Forgiveness. And we know the story of Jacob and Esau. We've probably heard this story since we were children. These twins that were born, and they grew up to be opposites of one another, and there was animosity. Now, if ever we could read about a dysfunctional family in the Bible, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But how many are thankful that if God can use them, and Abraham can be called the father of faith, there's hope for our families. Amen. But Jacob and Esau, we know the story that <clears throat> Jacob was deceitful, and, and he took something. Now, God had promised Jacob this particular blessing. Maybe we, he, we could say he should have waited on the Lord a little bit, but Jacob took action, Brother John, on his own, and Jacob brought such hatred uh, against him from his own brother to the point of where his brother is saying, once my father dies, I'm going to kill my brother. And they are separated for several, well, a couple decades to where Jacob goes back to where his mother is from, her family. Esau stays home. But then Jacob decides to leave that area and go back home, doesn't he? And he starts to, and this is where we read the story of where he wrestled an angel. In Genesis 33, verse 1, it says, And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold... Esau came, but not alone. Sister Sariah, he came with 400 men. And we read that Esau was a, was a very powerful man. These aren't like 400 of his buddies. This is not a massive like bachelor party. These are soldiers probably. These are, these are men that know how to use weapons. And here's Jacob with his, his two families. I think he's a little nervous. In fact, we know he's nervous. He divides up his families. Maybe if Esau attacks one, maybe the other family could get away. He, he puts all the animals uh, ahead of the family, so maybe it would take Esau longer if he has to fight his way through. Jacob is not excited about this scenario because the last time they were together, there was vengeance in Esau's mind. Verse 3 says, and he passed over them, Jacob, 
passed over all of these, all the families and the herds, and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother Esau. What should we expect? In a normal, if we're just reading the news, how many know you can read the news and it's almost like you know what's coming? Esau pulls something out, a weapon, and and kills uh, Jacob, and everybody's like, well, he kind of deserved it. Or maybe it starts another feud. But no. This man that oftentimes we think very negatively about, I mean, would, would everybody agree with me? Usually we think very negatively about Esau. But in this case, who's the bigger man? Esau doesn't attack Jacob. It says that Esau walked to Jacob. Oh, no, no, no. It says Esau what? ran to meet Jacob and embraced him and fell on his neck and and kissed him in a brotherly way and they wept. They wept because Jacob is receiving something that I think he knows he doesn't deserve. He's receiving something of this, uh, something that we call forgiveness, a gift, this powerful thing. And then Jacob goes and, and introduces Esau. These are your nieces and your nephews. These are your in laws. And Jacob says, what are all these animals that I just saw, Brother Zachary? What are all these animals? And Jacob says, well, that's a gift to you. Because how many of you know when you're in trouble, you try to smooth things over a little bit? But Esau says, no, I have plenty. I think this shows the heart of Esau. I think this shows that Esau says, I have enough. Because we know that he's re- Esau is related to Abraham. There's still covenant blessing in that, re- in that family relationship. Esau was still blessed by God, even though Jacob was the, the chosen one to carry on the covenant. But Esau understood, and I think we see a change in Esau. And so finally he accepts. And, when we, and I love this verse so much. 33 verse 10 <clears throat> Jacob says, Nay, I pray thee, if now I have found grace in thy sight, receive my present at my hand. Why? For therefore I have seen thy face as though I have seen, I've seen the face of God. Because God is a God of forgiveness. God is a God that gives, gives this powerful gift that we don't deserve. And, and seeing Esau face to face, Jacob knew that this has got to be a God thing, a God moment. And what a powerful story of reconciliation. And, and there's more to the story, of course. They get back together when Isaac does eventually die and they bury their father. But, you know, Sometimes I, I think we view stories in the Bible like, well, it's just a Bible story. How many of you have ever heard a story about Peter or Paul, and you thought, that's great for them to heal people. Ah, probably not going to happen for me. Yeah. Or it's so awesome that the, this apostle could lay his hands and that person gets the Holy Ghost, but that's not me. I'm not, I'm not that holy. But here's the deal. These are people. These are people. And there's this wonderful example of another man that we can read about forgiveness. I mean, imagine this. This guy is up on a cross. These these soldiers and other people were nailing these massive spikes into, if you have never done a a little bit of a a research analysis on crucifixion, you probably should. Because as Jesus is on the cross, 
What does he say? Put up that verse, please, in Luke. Jesus is on the cross. You know they invented a word called excruciating because the, the, the pain of the cross, what, there's, there was no word in the English vocabulary to describe how painful crucifixion was, so they invented a word called excruciating. And Jesus is on the cross, and what does he say? Father, the man Jesus is praying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And something so moving to me is I I just finished up seminary, and one of my Greek professors, he's talking about the Greek construction, Brother Casey, of of when it says, then Jesus said, that's that's a continuous phrase. So my professor said, it looks, it looks like Jesus is on the cross continuously saying that, Father, forgive them, Father, forgive them, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. It's not just a one-time thing. He's up there on the cross as people are killing the king of kings, the creator, and he is saying, Father, they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. And what is so wonderful is because God is a God of forgiveness, that Jesus forgave, and what does he do for you and I? He gives us the power to forgive as well. He gives us the anointing to forgive, the power to forgive. Maybe it's somebody that has wronged us, and maybe we deserve to give them vengeance. Maybe we deserve that, or excuse me, maybe it's appropriate to do that, but forgiveness is a very powerful thing. And we find out it's a liberating thing. It's a powerful thing to give someone forgiveness. But what about if we need forgiveness of ourselves? What if there's so much guilt in our hearts that we can't forgive ourselves? Excuse me, you know in Hebrews it says that the blood of animals couldn't cleanse anybody's conscience? The blood of animals could not, uh, it could not cleanse us, but it was the blood of Jesus that then was able to clear our conscience, able to, to remove that guilt and that shame, because forgiveness is powerful. Forgiveness is powerful. And I'm actually already done if the music could come, because you know there, there's these stories that are so powerful about people forgiving others. And and we can look at these stories and we can look at these events and say, I don't want to forgive them or I can't forgive them. Brother Galleon at IBC, he preached a message to to the young adult crew at Uh, Calvary just uh, about a year ago, and he said, if you're having problems with forgiveness, it may not come immediately, but you just got to keep asking God and he's going to help you do it. He's going to help you forgive. I was reminded of of this story, and I think Brother Kilman has actually shared it here, but I just think it's so needful to share it here about a woman that, that he knows that's at Calvary right now. Well, actually, uh, just recently. And she grew up in, with, uh, with her sisters with a very abusive father, and I'm just going to leave it at that. This very abusive father. Well, eventually, in her adult years, she got the Holy Ghost, started going to church, eventually got involved in, in various ministries. Her father uh, eventually, of course, with age, became a very old man, had crippling arthritis, could not change himself, could not go to the bathroom. She invites him into their home. She gets his food. She changes his diapers. 
she takes him to church. A man that was so wicked and desperately evil, Brother Crane, not just to her, but to her sisters. What makes a woman like that be able to forgive a man like that? It's the power of God. The power of Jesus. The power of the cross of the same one that could say, Father, forgive them. We then can turn back to someone that they do not deserve our forgiveness. Or maybe you even look at your own heart and say, I don't deserve forgiveness. But you know what it says in 1 John 3? If your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. Because even though we don't deserve it, forgiveness is given by God to every single one. And that allows us to forgive. How many remember the parable about the man that went to the king and the king said, I forgive you. And then the man went out and said to another man, you didn't do very much to me, but I'm going to throw you in prison. I'm going to do all these terrible things. And the king said, I forgave you of a great debt so that you should have gone out and forgiven others. Because when the king forgives you, there's, you know, you can pass on the gift of forgiveness. And one day at church, this, this elderly father turned to his daughter and asked him, so how do I get that Holy Ghost? And they took him up and they baptized him. You know, God forgave him. All those wicked, terrible things, that's under the blood. That's under God's forgiveness. And and. This is why I'm saying maybe this is a little surgical moment today because our society does not like to forgive. Our flesh does not like to forgive. Sometimes our flesh does not like to accept forgiveness. And, we, and, and for those of us maybe that turn inwardly and we beat ourselves up because we're nowhere guilty of something, the crazy thing about sin is that it has to be reconciled there's only one way to reconcile it correctly and that's through the blood of Jesus we can beat ourselves up and we can we can make that guilt uh, we can weaponize that guilt but that's not going to bring reconciliation that's not going to bring rightness to the issue it's only through the forgiveness of Jesus so if we can all stand raise our hands right where we're at. And maybe maybe you feel that you don't have to forgive anybody and maybe you 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 feel fine yourself. Maybe this would just be a good time for an old-fashioned repentance. That Jesus, I pray that you would wash me clean, Lord. God, I thank you for your forgiveness because without it I would be lost and broken. God, I pray that you would help us to forgive others that have wronged us. Maybe they deserve something to happen to them, but God, I pray that you would touch their hearts. Just like you touched Esau's heart, I pray that there could be some reconciliation. I pray that people's hearts would be turned with compassion. Even though people were killing you on the cross, you looked at them with compassion. And you said, Father, forgive them. And you said it over and over and over and over again. God, I pray that you would give us the strength to forgive.
And I pray that you would help us not to take revenge, not to give in to a sinful instinct, not to give in to something like an animal, but to seek your forgiveness, to seek others to forgive, oh God. In Jesus' name, I would just invite everyone to the front right now. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.